Hi, I'm Stephen. And I'm Jake. Welcome to Tales from the SaaS Graveyard, where we talk to employees at tech companies that are in the middle of the bell curve, not going out of business, but definitely not hitting the big time. The SaaS Graveyard is a purgatory populated by companies that have made it to annual revenues in the 30 to 50 million range, but can't get to the next level, which is pretty impressive outside of Silicon Valley, but frowned upon here. We interview folks in various roles about their experience working at companies like this. We're looking to see what common themes emerge across industries and roles. Today we'll be talking with our friend Jim, who is a destination manager for a company that we will call Wondergarden. With over 100 employees, they were a high-end vacation rentals company. Think of it like a luxury Airbnb. And this begs the question, should you be concerned if you work at a company that has to explain itself as, we're like Airbnb, except you've never heard of us? You know, you'll never hear Airbnb refer to itself as Wonder Garden for the masses. It's okay saying we are a luxury vacation rental, but once you mention one of your competitors as it's your reference point, it means you might have already lost at that point. But, you know, let's hear it from Jim if Wonder Garden had lost before the game had even started. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stephen. Happy to be here. And so, Jim, let's talk about where you were before you kind of found out about this company. Like, what were you doing beforehand? And then how did you you end up applying and deciding you wanted to work at this place? I was down on my luck before this company. So what happened was, is I had just moved to San Francisco. I was like, I, I'm from the East Coast. I was like, oh, yes, this is going to be so sweet. I got a job. Lost that job within like two and a half months of, of like arriving in the city. Like, that was that was crazy like you 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 move out across the country you get a job things are going great all of a sudden you lose it so you know you get fired from the job mm-hmm. in the most expensive city in the country you're like oh great like what am i <laughs> what am i gonna do now so I was, I was definitely down on my luck and that happened in february 2017 right and i said i didn't get the job until the summer so between february and I think I started the interview process in June. I was like looking for a job, you know, applying, applying. It's kind of awkward, you know, like there's this huge gap on my resume. I'm not going to tell someone I just like got fired. That's not a good look. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was applying to jobs. I actually got a fun job, you know, to get some money, to get some cash flow going in at this French cheese shop nice. down in the dog patch that Ooh. delivers like, oh, it was great. That was, that was, that was one of my best times in my life. It was like half French people or the French people were in like the front of the house. Spanish people, Spanish speaking people were in the back of the house. I was the only English speaker at this company. We were making sandwiches all day for like different SaaS companies across the Bay Area. It was honestly really great. So I was doing that. Um, You guys know AngelList? Yeah. For our listeners who don't know, AngelList is just like LinkedIn, but specifically for startups. All right. So, or at the time I liked AngelList because I was really successful with, getting interviews off AngelList, LinkedIn, you know, what are the other ones? Like Indeed, never any success, right? For some reason, AngelList really worked out for me. So I was applying to jobs on AngelList. I saw this one, the company, and, um, you know, I applied for the job, immediately contacted me, had first interview, applied to the job, just got back to me, my, my manager, my future manager, really great conversation, really great rapport. Um, she was like, oh, I'm going to pass you on to the next person, had the next call, like the next week, really grilled me on the interview did, but you know, uh, a couple hours after the interview, I got another email back. We're moving you on to the next round. I was like, oh my God, this could be it. This could be my salvation. Right. I like looked up the company, you know, did some research. It honestly seemed great. I mean, luxury Airbnb, I was, I was like finding out what the job was. Honestly, the job could not sound cooler. You get to like go around the city, whatever city you're in. There's only a certain cities, um, and just like kind of tour mansions and like meet with the owners of the mansions and convince them to sign up on your platform. And it was a it was such an easy sell because it was like we'll only make money when you make money. We're not. It's not like an upfront sign a contract. Really low risk for them. They're already trying to rent out the house anyway. So such an easy sell. Um, so that kind of convinced me to take the job, but yeah, I was like tour mansions around the Bay area, the most expensive real estate market in the country, of course. So, like I said, I had like a third round interview, the last round, I was like, all right, all right, Jim, you got to get this job. You have been unemployed for five months. Like things are looking dire, right? 
they email me and they're like, meet us at the Yerba Buena Gardens, the Solomar Tea Lounge on the second floor. You're going to meet the VP of something. And uh, yeah, come at, come at 9 a.m. I kind of missed the email, so I was a little late to the interview, but um, funny, just funny little anecdote. Every time I'm late to an interview, I always end up getting the job. So, and I don't mean for that to happen. It's like a weird trend I've noticed. So anyway, I show up to some more tea lounge, you know, I forget her name at this point, but she was sitting there like on her laptop, you know, drinking a masala chai latte. And I sit down, we have a great conversation. Her first question, or one of her, maybe her, I guess her main question was, if you were gonna, you know, pick a neighborhood in San Francisco to put like a, to like, you know, rent out a house, which one would you do? And I was like, funny you should ask, because I created this whole PowerPoint presentation about what I should do. And like, for all the listeners out there, that is a pro tip. If you like do a little presentation for your interview, like people are blown away. I mean, she was blown away. Five hours after that interview, I got a job offer. I was like, yes, this, like, this is my time to shine. This is so cool. So, yeah, that's, Wait, that's where I was. Oh, oh, go ahead. Was this, was this PowerPoint deck just something you had on you just, like, for your I, own personal research? Or was it, like, kind of homework that they gave you and she forgot that she gave it to you? No. So, I kind of... Uh, I'm going to do a little shout out here, themuse.com, great resource if you're looking for a job. So I was on themuse.com, like how to get a job, you know, what you do. And I sort of, mm-hmm. I was, I think I read something on there that like, if you do a little above and beyond, you know, whatever that may be, make a video, make this, make that, um, like that helps you get a job. And, uh, you know, I was analyzing based off of past interviews, like what kind of questions I think they would ask me. I think my brother gave me the idea like this is what you like you should tell them they're probably gonna ask you this question you should tell them what you did it was like okay i have a great idea i'll just make a powerpoint presentation it was like a it was like a one or two slide but like i put i really like put in the aesthetics like i made it look really cool because i was like this is a stylish company you gotta make it cool you know you gotta make it like sexy it's a sexy company that's gonna sell and you know what it worked so yeah i kind of just to answer your question i just sort of thought it'd be a good idea yeah, I mean, looks on a presentation, you know, that's 90% of the battle in convincing someone it's a good presentation, so. Yeah, exactly, yeah, 100%. I, like, I like did all this research. I, like, copied their, uh, their like, type font, and I, like, um, <laughs> I, like, copied their color scheme. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know. If you, uh, another pro tip out there, if you, like, make, if you're going to make a presentation, if you put in, like, the style of the company, it, like, oh, yeah. kind of, like, work. yeah, right? It's a psychology trick. You know, then they see like you as a member of the company. So yeah, you already worked there at that point. I mean, you have the deck that's owned by the company. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So excellent. And so you were hired directly to be a supply growth manager at this point, correct? Yes, for their new destination, San Francisco. So right, they're only in. They're like Airbnb. Airbnb is in every city, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, this company is only in destination cities, so like you know, New York, Paris, London, Rome, now San Francisco. Um, yeah, and so supply and growth. Just to you know, give a little uh, detail on what that means. It's sort of like a real estate sales client job. So the supply the is the homes in the market, and you want to mm-hmm. grow that. You want to grow the the portfolio. So that was the main job. Now, when you were interviewing at Wondergarden, were there any other places that you were interviewing or just there? This was like the last place I applied for. And at that point, also like all the other ones, didn't, they all rejected me. So it was like, it was either I get this job or I have to go back and start the whole process over again. And I'm sure you guys know, like interviewing like kind of sucks. Like It's just like a grueling process. And you're like, they like make you do all these, it's like they're making you do all these like magic tricks and like, you know, <laughs> perform for them and like put on a spectacle when you're in these interviews i, I yeah so <laughs> i was like i need to get this job <laughs> i was saying did you go above and beyond on every interview or do you go above and beyond like this is like the last ditch effort i gotta i gotta do this i i would say i would say that like this was like i was like i gotta get this job man like otherwise like i, I didn't want to leave san francisco but i was like maybe i don't have to leave san francisco but i was like i gotta put also, it seemed like a cool job. I was like, I could totally get this. Just put in the effort. 
So you're excited about this role. You knew it was your last kind of thing before starting off the process again. And so did you accept it right at that moment after you got that, that email? Uh, I've always been taught that you have to like let them sweat a little bit. So <laughs> I think it was like two days and I was like, I'll take it. But I mean, I had no intention of not taking it. Gotcha. So. Did you negotiate it all on like the salary or equity at that point or just? No equity, but I have to remember if I negotiated for a salary, I think it was like a little too intimidating to do. It's kind of intimidating to do that, right? You know, um, yeah. I don't, I can't remember if I did or not. I honestly, I can't remember. I feel like I'm, I feel, I, you know, again, that's something that I've been taught to do is like, ask for, you know, 10%, just like stay, say in a very confident way, don't sound meek or whatever, but I'm not, I can't remember if I did. I think it was just so like excited to get a job offer that I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> and it paid enough. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you need a job to pay the bill. So it makes sense. <laughs> hey, exactly. Now, was there anything before you, sw- you started that you wish you knew uh, looking back at this time? No, you know, I guess if I knew, if I knew the uh, sort of like the the drama of the main office and like, you know, how maybe um, like how the funding was being secured, maybe I would have, I probably still would have taken it just because like, hey, you can do it. You can do any job. Sorry, I should also mention the job was remote. It was weird. It was like a hybrid remote, non-remote job. And I can explain that in a like in a little or like cool. next but yeah, yeah. um so you know i you know you can do a job and then like because it was remote i'd be like I, oh i can if i don't like this job i can like easily interview for other places so i think that was part of my consideration now that i think back so then, then let's maybe get into that setup so was there an office in san francisco or you were the only person here uh no i was the only person um in san francisco um the main office was on the east coast my manager um was down in the la office and they actually had they worked at a WeWork in la um i think they had a WeWork, or they had an office in new york um as well so in london i think paris but every other destination was remote though like chicago was a destination and they didn't have an office, but multiple people worked for the company there. Um, they just all kind of like worked from home. But me in San Francisco, I just, I worked from home and I, um, yeah, I was the only one. Cool. Well, let's now get into actually being there. So you got this new remote gig. What's the yeah. ramp up period like? What are you doing in that first month? Yeah. So this was like, this is sort of like part of the glamour and the glitz. They're like, we're going to fly you down to LA and we're going to put you in one of our homes one of our great homes, the CEO, the founder of the company stays in this home. Every time he visits LA, he loves it. He's in the Hollywood Hills. Like, oh my God, this is so cool. You're gonna, and this is just, you know, for context, um, yeah, this is maybe like my, forget the cheese shop for a second, forget <laughs> the job I got fired from. This is my second job since college. So, and my first job didn't have like any perks, no perks whatsoever. So when they were like, we're gonna fly you down and pay for it. And then you get like, you get to spend like $60 a day on like food. And we're going to put you in. We're going to take care of your house. Like, oh my God, this is so crazy. I was like, oh my God. So that, so that's what I did. Like, that was like my first experience, like meeting coworkers. And like, that was, so I think when I got hired, that was like June. And then I started in July and yeah, that was, that was I like did a week of training in LA, came back. And then the first month, honestly, was actually kind of stressful because they were like, this is like the expectation you need to get to, I think, 20 homes in a month. Like we need to like, like my manager was like, I don't want to stress you out, but the, but my manager is coming down on me hard. We need to like, we need to ramp this up. It's like, need- okay, this is kind of stressful now. You needed to get 20 new mansions on the platform in your first month. Yeah. Yeah, there, I don't think there's that many mansions in San Francisco. I feel like it's going to dry up pretty quickly. Um, I know, seriously. But, yeah. you know, fortunately, and this is, I got a little lucky here. Fortunately, they had sort of like a, a what you might call a reactivation list of like 50 yeah. or so former clients, right? I told you they, they had tried to launch yeah. it before and they had clients already. So I, it was, you know, I, 
yeah, it's as simple as just reactivating those. Which, you know, some people are like, no, I'm not going to deal with you guys. You guys screwed me last time. But, like, other people are like, sure. You know, because, like, again, like, the sale, the sales pitch is, is not that, it's, it's pretty good, it's, right? Like, these people are already looking to rent their homes out anyway. And it's just, it's just, like, another marketplace for them to sell their home, right? So, like, and I'm, this is for all the listeners out there, Airbnb is a brand, but it's also really more of a marketplace for vacation rentals. So it's sort of like, it's almost like a grocery store, like a Whole Foods where like they have the 365 brand, but then they also sell other brands. And that's like what Airbnb is. They have the air, like homes that are only on Airbnb, but then they have like, you know, homes that are listed on other platforms as well. And that's what, that's what my company was doing. I, I want to go back real quick. When they flew you down to LA and you got to stay in the mansion, was it really nice? Oh, oh yeah, it was, it, was, it was small. It was probably like, a thousand no probably like 800 square feet but yeah it was nice really nicely designed like right in the hills like nestled as a like, little casita really comfortable bed i was like this is really cool i was like i feel so cool you know i get to like i was like in la i went on a, like a like a like an urban hike to the hollywood sign because i've never been there before my brother's lived in la for years i've never been to the hollywood sign i just feel like that's something i had to do but yeah the, to answer your question though the place was like it was it was um minimalist but very you know very chic got it very chic yeah, yeah. and then what were your impression of the your co-workers that you were meeting for the first time when you went down to the la office oh they were great the so the guy who did my job um but in la um, he was, he was really nice, really charismatic. He drove me around LA. My manager, who was also his manager, she, and I'm, you know, shout out to her. She was one of the best salespeople I've ever met. I mean, like, cause later when I would do like phone calls with her to, to train, I mean, she was so, she was, she overcame every objection. She she could sell this product so easily. And she was really funny. And it was just like a really like funny, like great time. I was like, these guys, this is a great, co-. and you know, that's, that's sort of a juxtaposition from the company I got fired for because like everyone there was really mean and stressed out and angry all day and these everyone you know at, at this company everyone was like happy and were everyone was really fashionable and you know my manager drove around in a BMW convertible and we drove around LA I was like ah oh, this is so, this is the life I was like I've made it I'm gonna do really well at this company and I'm gonna get promoted in a year and then maybe in two years i'll run the paris office i don't know who knows like things can happen here. <laughs> so. well, well things are looking up and up that's pretty yeah. exciting yeah uh, i think i think unless we're going to get to this in a little bit i know you mentioned that some of the former people you're reaching out to kind of for that reactivation were said no you guys screwed me over last time um yeah was that a concern for you or a red flag for you by any means? No, because I kind of understood where they were coming from. Like, you know, they, these people were relying on the platform to, I mean, I guess now in retrospect, now that you say it, it is, that could have been a red flag. But like, at the time I was like, eh, I understand that, you know, Wonder Garden had to shut down and maybe they should have told them that they shut down, but <laughs> you know, whatever. Cause yeah. <laughs> Probably was a red flag, but definitely did not pick up on it at the time. I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, I'm I'm here now, and I'm going to do a great job for you. And that line, and, you know, when I actually mm-hmm. sell it to people, I'm much more, you know, much more conviction. I'm much more, like, I'm very serious and, and genuine. People, like, really respond to that. So sometimes when people actually came back, they're like, you know what? You know what, Jim? I'll give you a second chance. I'm not giving Wonder Garden a second chance. I'm giving you a second. Where I'm like, all right, I wasn't here the first time. But. So then, you know, you mentioned you had to do the get the twenty houses in in the first month, and so you were able to accomplish that. Yeah. Oh, I think I actually got more. I think I got thirty. And, and so great. then after that, I know that is a great job. And then so after that, what 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 then became your day to day after you sort of gone through that reactivation list? Yeah. So so I guess you know yeah. So I did the reactivation list, and then yeah, my day to day, you know, people would submit sort of like inbound requests. You know, when you do like so to back up, part of the job 
the jobs supply and growth, it's like every aspect of the sales cycle, right? So there's like the BDR part, there's the sales executive part, there's the account management part, and there's like the retention renewal part. I had to do all of those. Um, and so when you, you know, when we're talking about like SaaS companies in the BDR role, there's two types of BDRs, right? There's inbound requests and there's outbound. Outbound, as I'm sure you guys know, is really, really hard. <laughs> Inbound's really easy because like they're coming to you. And I don't know how, but it seemed like I was getting a lot of inbound requests. And so I was able to grow. I think the statistic that I quote on my resume, and it's true, is that uh, like I grew by like 50% every quarter, which was above my goals. I forget what the goals were, but that was, that was, that was above it. So, you know, in the first quarter, it was supposed to be 20, but I grew it to 30. And then the next quarter, I think it was supposed to be like, 40 and I grew to 45. Um, another thing that helped me is that I managed to get in contact with a real estate agent in San Francisco. That's actually the key. That was the key to my success. And then she had all these furnished rentals running in her own business. And so she put them all on our platform. Um, and that just like grew my list exponentially. Right. So I had like 20, 25 homes that were like from this one person. That's the key to success, <laughs> not like individual homes. And, you know, all these homes were, they were, they were really nice. They were, you know, um, mostly for like business travelers or like that sort of standard. They weren't like hyper mansions, but I did get some of those um, like individually. There's this one, I don't, you know, you know, I'm not going to say who it was or like any details, but it was like a really like architecturally renowned home. And that was like the gem of the portfolio. And so like when I got that one, which was also a kind of a reactivation, kind of. Um, but when I got that one, like my name like flew around the community. Did you hear Jim in San Francisco got like this beautiful, like architecturally renowned home, like in the hills around San Francisco? Like he's amazing at his job. I was like, yes. <laughs> But, and you mentioned earlier that you had to tour all the homes. So was that part when someone, you got one of these inbound requests, was that one of the yeah. things you would have to do is like go check out the home and see if it met the standards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so when I was, uh, when I started, I was like, how do I know what the standards are? Like, like or do we have a list? And, and my manager was like, I trust you. Like, I think you know what is good. I'm like, okay. So what would happen when an inbound request would come, come in or read the information First, you have to make sure that like it makes sense. Like one time, I got an inbound request from someone who like, ooh, I think they're out near Yosemite. Like that is not the destination. That's like three, four hours away, right? So I'd make sure that they like it made sense. It was like a correct number of homes or like not homes, uh, like rooms and bathrooms. Square footage made sense. The neighborhood made sense. Like I don't know if I want to get one in the Tenderloin, but like right. Russian Hills kind of nice or you know Knob Hill. So. Um, so I would do a quick like verification. I call them um, and I talk it over, like what are their needs? Like what are they looking for? And then when after the phone call, if I determined that it made sense, I'd schedule a tour and I'd go there and they'd give me a tour of the place. Um, and then that was like the final check. And when I approved it from there, I was like, all right, I'm gonna set up, I'm gonna get a photographer to come and we're going to shoot this place we're going to up on the up on the platform by you know, like early monday next week and you know we'll go live yep that's that's uh you just like we'll sync the calendars so there's no double bookings and you know i got you that was the process cool um you know you are you mentioned the accomplishment sort of your first month what would you say was overall at your time at wondergarden what was the, the thing that you're most proud of professionally um, it was definitely like, it was definitely like getting like the most, um, or like just quickly ramping up the, the, um, the portfolio and also getting that like architecturally renowned home. I mean, that was like, that was like a real accomplishment and that, that definitely like positioned me in the company, like, um, like in the eyes of the CEO and the people at the main office, like this is, this, this was a good hire. And that's what I was a little worried about because I was like, you know, I got, uh, you know, I thought I had like PTSD from like leaving the last job. I was like, oh God, I got to do really well at this job. You know, I don't want to be on this. I don't want to be like looking for another job for X number of months again. Like I got to do really good. So those two things, you know, the portfolio growth and, um, you know, the, the, the home, the best home. 
they actually might have said it was the best home in, in the in the United States wow. territory. I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim, one question. So since you're working remotely, what was your interaction usually like with your coworkers? Was it just random Zoom calls? Was there Slack channels that were just going forward? What was the vibe of those communication methods? And yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. yeah. Um, it was, we had Slack, always on Slack. I made it, um, I was like, I, I, I kind of knew, I was like, all right, well, if you're a remote worker, like, you gotta make you gotta make sure that like no one thinks that you're not doing your job. Like you gotta like always be answering. Like anytime someone messages you on Slack, you gotta answer in like five minutes or less. Otherwise people are gonna think you're slacking. So that actually and that became part of my reputation. I was like, like Jim, you are so good at just like getting back to messages. Like no one else no one ever responds to this company. They like take hours. Like you're really good at that. So like that was really good. Like the Slack messages, lots of LOLs on Slack. You know, we would have at the beginning, I would probably talk to my manager on the phone and my, my coworker down in LA, like once a week or a couple times a week. And then, yeah, no, it was a couple times a week at the beginning. And then it phased out to like once a week after that. And then um, as the team, you know, we, we, they hired a, a VP of, North America, so the team got a little more solidified. Um, we'd have like team calls and like, ah, those guys are great. We everyone had a great rapport. Lots of again, lots of LOLs. The VP, she was so nice. It was great. Now you talked about that first week in LA, again, say it's a nice place, and just being flown down to LA. Were there other perks uh, at while you were there? No, I don't think so. <laughs> just like you know, just like the standard like per like company perks that you get when you travel for business, but. I thought were like amazing, but I guess they're pretty standard, like the per diem allowance. Um, you, but like, you know, like staying in one of their homes, that that's definitely like a, yeah, as opposed to like a hotel, that's a cool perk. Did you ever, have, did you travel much besides to LA or? On company business? Yeah, I went to the, I went to the corporate office in Miami a couple times. There was one, so they actually had like a, like a, I, I'm not going to call it an SKO, but it was kind of like an SKO annual party, just like annual gathering. I forget what they called it, but that was in October. So I, I started in July. That was in October. I flew out there. Um, and then towards the end of my tenure there, I actually also got to go to um, uh, Miami again for a, a little special project that they wanted me to consult on. That's when I like was like, this. I'm really doing well here. You're on the end that you're being asked to look at the special project. Yeah, because yeah, um, that they valued me as an employee. They thought it was a really good job. They thought it was really smart. And also, I had some, I had like a background in hospitality that was specific to the project. They were trying to acquire a boutique hotel um, in Miami Beach, and they wanted some like, like expertise, um, knowledge on like how to run it and how to operate it. And, and I had that sort of background, so I was like, whoa, I am. They're flying me all the way to Miami. I'm like, I'm really good at this job. <laughs> like that was that was a shining moment. All right. So everything I'm like, I am ready to go work at Wonder Garden at this point. I know. Like, seriously, yeah. yeah. It sounds great. It sounds like it's going places, man, new mansions every month. Yes. So what were the? I you know, eventually you did leave there. So what were the things where it started to some of the shine started to come off the off uh off your new role yeah so you know i'd probably say like one of the first red flags was that first time i went out to miami now i didn't think much of it at the time but like whatever <laughs> so so it was me and my whole team we got to stay in one of the one of the homes it was probably like a, a five or six bedroom mansion in miami beach but like i show up and like I show up at night and like some of the lights are flickering. It's it, it's like it, it was a mansion, but it like wasn't that great. Like and as we like you know, as I spent a couple of days there, there's like there's like a hole in like one of the ceilings in like the living room, and like the furniture was a little like like weird, like cheetah prints. Or like everyone was like, all right, it's fine. There was like a pool. There was a casita. But like everyone also was like, this is kind of weird. Like that everyone had acknowledged that. So that was like one red flag. The other red flag was like, you know, just like sort of like I got, you know, I'm out 
by myself. I don't hear any gossip. But when I was in the main office and I talked to my colleagues, I heard a lot of some gossip, like this guy, like I think he lies a lot about his background and who he is. And I met the same person. And I was like, I was totally convinced by all the lies if they were lies. I was like, oh my God, is this guy? And I thought it was more funny than like, uh oh, red flag. So yeah, at the time I was like, all right, whatever. It's just, it's just being part of an office, you know, everyone has right. these, every, every company has gossip and things like that. Yeah. The pathological liar, though, thing that was like, I was like, like he like would like lie about like everything <laughs> apparently i mean who knows right and i was like oh that is kind of weird but um whatever so that was like you know wasn't a red flag at the time in retrospect definitely a red flag um the second thing was um so when i would hide i had to go out and find a photographer and i did and she would submit the invoice and the the payment for her invoice was late and I was like, oh, that's weird. Hold on. Let me like check. And she was like a friend of a friend. So she was like, ah, yeah. no big deal. And this kept happening. I mean, they didn't like pay her for like four months. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, what? Like, I don't understand. Like, and they wouldn't like the same thing with the cleaning company. Like, that's not a good sign when they can't pay, when your company can't pay their like contractors. You know what I mean? So that was kind of a red flag. And I was like talking to my parents about it. I remember at the time, they're like, ooh, that's a, that does not sound good. I was like, it's fine, right? It's a stressful cut job. Okay, they have a lot of things going on. Don't worry. Right? Did you have a sense of like how their overall business performance was going? No. Uh, I thought it was going great because my destination was going great. Um, the other destinations in the U.S., I, I mean, I was told they were going great. Apparently, they weren't. But, you know, part when you're, when I was like, the part of the thing about being a remote worker is you just like, it's really hard to understand like the health of a company, um, right? You don't, it's hard to gather information. Um, that's sort of like the benefits of being in an office. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's fine. Um, but then like more red flag tax started to happen as the year progressed so like the, the payments those were the payment problems that persisted from like and i had to change photographers too because like she just gave up and so i had to get a new photographer who was she, like she stopped working because of that. kind of yeah <laughs> i had to get like another photographer who was my friend and like he also was getting frustrated because of like racking up the amount of money and i was like all right like i and eventually they did get paid so i was like don't worry guys I got you like you got paid so but I was like that is that's probably not a good sign um but you know in the back of my head this whole time you know if you recall when I first started the the job and I was talking to my friend's ex-boyfriend he was like we just got a huge investment and that was true because they had like announced it on multiple like you know platforms or you know wherever you announce these things um uh PR firms that sort of thing press releases um, so I was like, all right, you know, maybe they're maybe they're just trying to work out some kinks, but I think they I think they're good. And so I guess when did you first start having the thoughts like maybe I should like is this going to be a real long term future for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, like I I was like I wanted to work there for like multiple years. I never like you know I didn't I didn't want to just like do get in get out because like after a while like it was like a fun job like remote work like. I got to work, I got to have, like, I just got to, like, have, like, the best schedule, like, I didn't have to go to an office, like, no one was there checking up on me, I would, like, go to the gym in, like, the middle of the day at, like, one in the afternoon and, like, work out, take client calls from the hot tub in my gym or the steam room, so I, like, didn't want to, like, leave necessary, but necessarily, but, like, I did, you know, was, like, maybe I should start, and that started happening, I think, in March, because I had to... I had to go to, I had to go like on a, on a, like a, I had to like meet my parents or my brother in like LA or something. My brother lives in LA. And um, like right before that happened, they fired the whole like customer service team, which was or not fired. They laid them off like mm -hmm. 30 people and they transferred all those responsibilities to the destination managers. So oh, sorry, wow. supply and growth manager. So when I was, so supply and growth, that was just supposed to be sales. But now I've become sales and operations and customer service. 
customer service for the guests that are staying. I didn't want to do that. That was, I didn't want to do customer service. That's a hard job. I like, that's not what I signed up for. I was, I, I'm not one to ever complain though. Um, mm -hmm. uh, privately I'll complain, but like to my fan that I won't complain. So everyone else would complain like on like, like zoom calls and like town hall or like, yeah, what do you call it? Town halls or whatever. When it's the entire company, like people would complain like this, you can't make us do all this stuff. And, getting really stressful like in March I was like okay and then like a month later they like they um they laid off my VP which no one saw coming I mean and that was and when that happened I was like oh god this is but also I was like they can't get rid of me I'm in I'm the best <laughs> I'm the best at this job. I'm the best destination manager. Like I'm invincible. Never think you're invincible. That's a that's a hard lesson yeah. to learn. <laughs> so when they were doing these layoffs, you know, both to the customer service and then to your VP, how did they try to spin it to make it seem like, oh, you shouldn't start panicking? I don't remember actually. I feel like I feel like people were panicking. They, I think they were like trying to do damage control. They're like, this is for the best because they hired someone new, like um. I guess like a customer service director and that was her decision to get to get rid of all the customer service people so i think that's how they spun it like oh we hired this new person she has a lot of expertise she knows what she's doing this is for the best and we're like okay except for like and it didn't bother me that much because like i don't know i it wasn't for some reason it didn't impact my role as much as like people in like the Austin destination, for example, like they were like working like around the clock or something like, I don't know, but that, that's how they tried to like, Hey, we got it. You know, it's for the best. This is only temporary. We're going to figure out a solution. All right. So, so there've been some changes and then you, know, you said you started, you started considering leaving. What were like, what was, what, what actions did you take to sort of see like, Oh, should I be here or not? not kind of not I, I didn't really I was just like thinking about getting a new job I wasn't actively doing it because like I said they like flew me out to Miami for like a special assignment I was like they're not gonna get rid of me and I remember like talking to like friends and stuff and I was like do you think they would get rid of me they're like no man you're so safe you're the best one at the company you generate so much stuff like you're you flew to Miami for the special project like why would they get rid of you I'm like yeah why would they get rid of me they wouldn't get rid of me right um so they, like I said they like it as a VP and then the next month is when I'm like totally imploded. All right. So what what happened in the the total implosion then? Yeah. So, um, we they the sales team like contracted with a group, um, like a like a group to stay at one of the properties, um, in San Francisco. And it was like a big deal because like this is, and also this is when I started to hear like, maybe we weren't making as many group sales as, as, as we would have liked. Like maybe there wasn't enough revenue coming in. So it was kind of like a big deal. And I was like, that is like when I was like, all right, now my role is like getting a little more stressful, you know, before it wasn't, but like, cause I got to like find them a home. I had to find them a new home. It was, it was a big group. They were pretty adamant about like having like the, the premier property, but my premier property in the portfolio was outside of San Francisco. So I had to find a new one. I quickly found a new one. I think it was in Alamo Square, that area. And it was like a, ooh, it was like a six room Victorian, but it was a little, it was a little in shambles <laughs> to say mm -hmm. the least. Like I was like really desperate to find a place because I wanted to get the sale. I wanted to like help the company out. It was, so when I say shambles, it wasn't really in shambles. It was just like, it probably just wasn't like the nicest property, which is not like the image that Wonder Garden is trying to portray, right? Where they're trying to portray like chic, sexy, like expensive. It was probably like more like mediocre. Um, so the group shows up. Um, I give them a tour. I like, I give them a tour. I like fully stock their fridge. That was like mm -hmm. one of the perks that they could get with like fresh squeezed orange juice and like clover's milk and like Stygie's yogurt. Like that stuff is so good. And then like I leave and I get a call like 20 minutes later, like the people who checked in are really angry at you. They're really angry at Wonder Garden. You, they, they, they say it's like a hellhole in there. They want to, they want to transfer immediately. They want to transfer to a new company. Oh my God. 
like, ah, this is so stressful. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, and this is like after a couple of weeks of like dealing with like kind of like obnoxious customers like that. Right. And I was like sitting at home where my office was. And I was just like, I was like, yeah. And I was like just getting kind of frustrated. And I get a, a call from the, from the, uh, what was he? The COO. And he was like, or I get a mess, a Slack message. And he's like, can I talk to you in an hour? And I'm like, they're going to lay me off. And so, <laughs> Yeah. So an hour later, he, um, he, we get, I get on the call with him and he was like, Hey man, I'm sorry. We're, we're shutting down the entire North America operation. As of the oh, day, wow. like all of North America is shut down. And like I said, they're on up two other continents. So it wasn't like the end of the business then, but I was like, wait, what? <laughs> or sorry, hold on. Let me back up. They didn't shut down all of North America yet. That happened like a, like a couple weeks later, they were shutting down my destination. Okay. I was like, so I was like, what? Like, no like don't don't do that and he was like yeah i'm sorry and then like something came over me where i was like i'm not gonna take this sitting down i'm I'm, like you know i worked so hard to like get this job and then i worked hard at the job like i'm not just gonna let them leave me off and it was like something i like i was also taught is like you know if you ever get laid off you should always like kind of like protest not protest but like kind of like renegotiate strike a deal if you can like what do you what do you have to lose and so Mm -hmm. i did that i was like you shouldn't lay me off because of a because of b because of that architecture house i found i'm like the best one i have a great education that boutique assignment and he was like you know what you're right actually we'll be in contact with you in like a couple days hr will contact you and we'll offer you like a couple other jobs because i was like i'm not set on san francisco i can move somewhere else you know Oh, it's wow. fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I kind of like said that just to see what they would offer me. And they're like, all right, we'll offer you another job. So I was like, okay. They called so, me back a couple days later. Oh, sorry, go ahead. At, at that point, did you actually want another job? Or was it more just a, a thing of pride that you didn't like the fact they were laying you off when you had done such a good job? It was definitely a thing of pride. But, um, you know, I'm not going to say no, if it's a good opportunity, right? So, I mean, right? That's yep. That's that's the working world. So they came back. They're like, we have three more jobs we can offer you. Can move to LA, do this. I forget what the they were like different jobs than I was doing. So like I wasn't too keen on it. But they're like, move to LA, move to New York, you can move to Miami. They were like, we're not gonna offer you a pay increase, but we're gonna like, and we're not gonna pay your moving expenses. Or no, you either get like x amount of money for moving expenses or you get to stay in one of our homes for free for two weeks and we'll give you equity but the equity can't be vested for like four years or something or like a core i don't know something where like it wasn't getting vested right away and i was like these aren't real they just like i mean like they i mean like i convinced them to offer me other jobs but like these weren't like good opportunities to take because i was like i don't know if somebody's going to be around like in a year for my for my equity to be even worth anything you know so right i politely declined and then yeah (laughs) that's impressive jim i've never heard of that actually happening in a conversation where you're being laid off that you say no you're not (laughs) no you're not making me up i know (laughs) and then and then they offer you a job and then you reject them that's like everyone's dream it's like i literally yeah exactly i was like i yeah I mean, yeah, it was a dream, but I mean, I was also a little frustrated because like it hadn't even been a year since I started it. I was like, again, I'm back on my, down on my like again, but at least this time I had like, you know, it was a better situation than before. And so you mentioned then that they then shut down all of North America. So that was after you turned them down? Yeah, that was after they turned me down. They shut down North America. I mean, I was talking to like the head of customer service, right? Like developed a good rapport with and she was like you know between you and me like i was listening to the ceo and the founder and he said that if we don't secure funding like by july like they have to shut down the entire company like that's how much money they're losing and i'm like this is so insane i thought because like again it was true that a big hot well-known hospitality company like invested several millions of dollars in this company and i'm like how did they in less than a year they burned through the entire thing i was like like, who at this company at that hospitality company signed off on that like that's a that's probably they're probably getting fired but like that's crazy also from wonder garden to just burn through that much money and apparently you know and and as i'm like not working anymore and i'm talking to 
um, the head of customer service, she like tells me that this is like not the first time it's happened. Like this has happened like multiple times where like some investor comes along, gives them millions of dollars, Wonder Garden burns through it in less than a year, has to go out and find another investor. And apparently that's been going on for like years because it's become like <laughs> years old. Now, is, it, is this things you learned after you had you had rejected their counter offer, or was this yeah, an yeah, no, I rejected it. I was like out of the company. They like gave me a severance, but then I would like occasionally talk to, um, you know, people who still work there. And that person who told me all this information, she actually quit like a week or no, no, like a month after I, um, got laid off, and she like we like met up in LA and, you know, we talked about the whole thing. So. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's quite the, the yeah, story. It was great. Oh, it was a great. Downward spiral. I know. I know. It, things it are starts- going good and no, they're not. We're shutting down all of North America. Yeah. Jim couldn't secure that one group at this one place. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> they were right. They were all waiting for that positive call, but that was it. They had to close down North America because that group wanted yeah. something different. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it just, it's just like what William Shakespeare said, all that glisters is not gold. Often have you heard that told? Like it seemed very glistery, right? It's like the sexy company. So fun. But let's be honest. There's a reason why Airbnb is, is like, not offering hotel services because it's too expensive. That's like the that's yeah, too expensive to do that. And like yeah. the the COO basically told me that when he was laying me off. He was like, yeah, honestly, you know, it's this is a really expensive business to run and maybe not the most profitable. I was like, ooh, how did you last ten years? <laughs> well, you you keep finding suckers to invest more money into you. Oh, I know. Seriously. Well, you know, this the CEO he was very charming, and um, I think that was like part of part of his ability to keep getting investors he was like so charming and like he was like an heir and like would like go to like suave parties and like charm people and like i don't know i mean i'm not yeah i mean it was like yeah <laughs> that's what i heard at least from the the team down <laughs> at the home office now jake i think it's time for kind of our last question yeah. um unless you have another one no uh cool well jim you know, if you had a time machine that could go back before you walk into the tea lounge in Soma and <laughs> Yerba Buena, would you tell yourself, like, go keep doing this, definitely pursue this opportunity? Or would you tell yourself to, hey, go make some other PowerPoint decks that look shiny for some other job interviews? You know, that's a good question, actually, because, you know, I like... I'm not trying to like start jobs and then lose jobs. Like no one's trying to do that. Right. But I probably would do it again. I mean, it gave me, it it was a fun, it was a fun job to do. It wasn't really that stressful for most of it. I was good at it. And I think it gave me a lot of good experience. And also like it taught me some valuable life life lessons. Like uh, just because you're really good at your job doesn't mean they're not, doesn't mean it's secure. And I think that's a lesson that like some of my peers don't necessarily like know. You know, like anyone can get laid off. It doesn't matter how good you are at your job. Like it could right, happen. If the business is doing badly, then yeah, exactly. But also, it was a good lesson in like you got to pitch, you got to fight for yourself. Like if they lay you off, like you got to like go out there and like you know batter up, like try and like pitch them, pitch yourself back, see what happens. What do you have to lose? And it actually worked this time. So I would say I would do it again, definitely. For all those experiences and lessons. Excellent. Jim, thanks for being on the show. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. Wow, Jake, that was quite the ride. But I can't help but feel like we ended where we started at the beginning of the podcast. Right. Both uh, at the start and end, Jim was saying that he was down on his luck. You know, interesting about Jim... A lot of our guests are just our friends, but Jim is one that I've actually, my path has crossed his professionally, and I know that he's great at what he does. And so to me, it's interesting to think someone that I held in very high esteem as a professional, knowing that he's had those moments of self-doubt and feeling like, oh, you know, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to move it back in with my parents. And so it's just good to know that, you know, I'm sure you, like myself, have had doubts as well about where your career is going. And to know that, you know, it isn't all... Uh, 
onwards and upwards like you see in people's LinkedIn posts. People stumble and then they move on to something great. And uh, for the list, for a listener to know that after this episode ended, uh, Jim did move on to another great uh, company. Yeah. Stephen, what was your big takeaway? Yeah, you know, I think the big thing that resonated with me is we were seeing a lot of commonalities between Jim's story and other stories we've heard around the understanding of funding and finances. You know, Jim didn't really have a good sense of how the company was really funded or how their current sales were doing. And this is definitely not the first time we heard that on our podcast. I think the thing is, you know, Jim had a good sense of how his area was doing. He knew the San Francisco area was making sales. He felt good. But if he wasn't hearing it from other parts of the company about how other regions were doing and how they were doing so well, it's probably that he's just not hearing about it. It's probably that they're just doing really bad or poorly because if they're doing well, the company's going to want to tell you about it. Right. If they're doing great, they're going to be touting it at every company meeting. Oh, we're 200% above last year, blah, blah, blah. But that's, that silence is deafening, as they say. It is. One thing that really impressed me, uh, you know, at the end was when Jim was able to convince them not to lay him off, that he went from in the course of a phone call to uh, he's getting laid off to we'll get back to you. And then at first I thought, oh, well, that's just something they're going to say. But then they came back with a few different offers to him uh, for different roles. I was very impressed by that. Yeah, I was just shocked by that. I didn't know you were allowed to just argue and make a position for yourself in the middle of a layoff conversation. You know, I'll be honest, I thought it was just once that happened, there is no turning back. You were laid off. But Jim proved me wrong and probably proved a lot of people on this podcast wrong that you can make a point and get other job offers, which is just wild to think about. I'd never seen that or heard of anyone else doing that ever in my life. But I think Jim did make the right decision by turning those job offers down and going to go to another company. Yeah, maybe that's why we've never heard of this is because if you're getting laid off, it's probably a sign you should leave that company. And so why would you want to convince them to keep you? That's a fair point, Jake, because if someone told me we're fi- not in a financial good place, we have to let you go. I would probably say, I understand, not I want to stay here. I want to be part of the sinking ship. I think that's a great point, Jake. You don't want to be on that sinking ship any longer than you have to. And with that, thanks everyone for listening to episode six. We look forward to getting you to episode seven as soon as we can.